have two hours. Can I? Do you think I can get my pants washed in two hours? I forgot to start laundry this morning. If you are on top of it, yes. All right, I gotta go be on top of it then. All right, Ugh, pants. Hey guys, here's what's coming up. On August 14th, we'll be talking about some of our favorite mangas and comics. This will be a spoiler-free talk. If you like manga and comics or always wanted to know a bit more, this is the episode for you. If you love the show and want to support us, you can check out patreon.com slash thebooklifepodcast for a huge list of perks. We hope you consider supporting us if you can, and we're incredibly grateful to all of you for listening. Thank you. Speaking of thank yous, we want to send a huge thank you and shout out to our patrons, the Pirate Queen and Leah. May your problems always be fictional. Now, on with the show. Welcome back to the Book Life Podcast with your host, myself, Mo, my best friend, Abby. It is a beautiful and sunny Friday afternoon, and we are so excited to talk to you today, even though this will be Monday when you get to hear us, but that's fine. It is absolutely glorious outside. So today, we're going to talk about a place that is also as hot and muggy as the midwest is right now well in my assumption in my head i'm assuming um because that's how i pictured it but we are talking about the book a darkness at the door by inkasar khani so if you guys remember we've already talked about the first two books the first one being well i know the second one's called a thief um in the darkness right <laughs> the first one a thief in the light the first no? one is the hmm. theft of sunlight Oh, wow. I, yep, 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 yep. Okay, good. Uh, what was the next one then? Or the first one? Okay, so Thorn, Theft of Sunlight, and then Darkness at the Door. All right, guys. I apparently can't remember anything today, but that's perfectly fine. So um, this is book number three. We will do our best not to spoil the other two books for you or anything in this first half in case you haven't read them. Um, so this is also kind of a series note. But guys, in general, I have to tell you, you need to read these books if you haven't. They are absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to surprise Abby. So Abby, guess what? What? So I reached out to the author and I have three signed book plates just for you for all three copies of your book. And what? Mm-hmm, and I even have book marks and a few of her promo stuff from um, A Darkness at the Door. So eventually i've had this for like three months now when i see you i'm going to give you these things <laughs> even though i've seen you in the last three months but surprise surprise i got you some more book plates for your books okay go i'm so happy i'm like tearing up a little oh man <laughs> but i reached out to her um and i just wanted to let her know like how good her books were because i'm like there's only three books that she's written i don't know abby did you tear through these books Oh my gosh, I tore through these books. Like, okay, so when I first read Thorn, I read it as an audiobook. And for some reason that I have yet to fathom, my brain returned the audiobook. What? And I don't know why I did that. Like, I can't for the life of me understand why I did that because I enjoyed it. Like, why did I return an audiobook I enjoyed? I don't know. It was a giant mistake, apparently. I hadn't had my coffee that day or something stupid. Apparently. But then... I like it you know how when you get a song stuck in your head it, they call it an earworm this book was an earworm for me because it would not leave my brain oh and I kept 
like I spent several years hunting down this book because my accounts changed within that time. And so I couldn't just like look back at my history of like the audiobooks that I'd returned. And so I spent several years tracking down Thorn because I'm like, I have to read this book again. It is stuck in my brain and it won't leave and I need to read it again. And I finally found it. How did you find it? Um, I finally found it on Audible again and went, that was the book. I think this was the book. Was this the book? Dear God, I hope this was the book. <laughs> and so I reread it and went like it scratched that itch and I went, oh. I feel so much better. Wait, there's two more. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't two more when you first read it, right? Correct. Um, I got this. Because I think she had a pretty long break between Thorn and the other two of the Dauntless Path book. Yeah, because she wrote Thorn and then she wrote um, a duology that I have that I have not read yet. And then she went back and she wrote Theft of Sunlight and Darkness of the Door. and. So when I read Thorn, that was the only one out. That was her first book. And that was the only one she had out. And that's I think that's part of why it took me so long to track it down. But yeah, um, this Thorn was an earworm for me. And I just, I had Man. to read it again. And I knew I did. And I own the audiobook again. And I'm not getting rid of it ever again. <laughs> and I plan to get the audiobooks of the other two. Because like, these three books are just going to be comfort read, reads for me. I could tell mm. you that right now. Like... I love them so much. I just want to listen to them on repeat. Maybe I should do that too. I have a few books like that for me on repeat that I like to re-listen to. So one of them is House in the Cerulean Sea. I love to re-listen on repeat. Um, just love the story. Not getting the Night. That thing is a hot mess. Why is that popped up on here? I love <laughs> all the Becky Chamber books I've read so far. Um, but I love re-listening to The Long Way to the Small Your Planet. That's a comfort read. Diana Wynne Jones books like Year of the Griffin and um, The Dark Lord of Dirtown. If you haven't read those, Abby, they're quite delightful. I highly enjoy them. I definitely want to read those. I'm trying to see if there's anything else I have really re-listened to. Oh, the Golden Enclave books by Naomi Novik. I do like re-listening to those because they're quite amazing. Mm. Those are oh. good. I also like re-listening to the Mercy Thompson series and the Alpha and Omega series by Patricia mm -hmm. Briggs. And I re-listened to um, Gail Carriger's Finishing School series. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't tell you how many times I have read all those books. And it's just, mm, those are wonderful. All of those are wonderful books. Mm. Man. But I love finding a new comfort read to, like, add into the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> just maybe one one more. Just, yeah. Maybe two so, more. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning to get the other two audiobooks of theft of sunlight and darkness at the door because i have thorn again and it is never leaving my clutches again <laughs> i might well i say i might need to do that too. also the terry the new terry pratchett novels are also comfort reads oh my god nate's gotten into listening to the new terry pratchett re-recordings on audiobook mm -hmm. Woo, they're so good okay anyway getting distracted <laughs> so we're here to talk about this wonderful book abby what's the summary of this book Bring us back. Where did we leave off in the theft of sunlight? Is that right? Yes. Okay. All right. Only Ray knows the extent of the corruption at the heart of the kingdom of Manaya, from the noble lord who betrayed her to the circle of mages whose wards protect the slavers from discovery. 
Injured and imprisoned on a slave ship, Ray's options are quickly running out. When a desperate escape attempt goes terribly wrong, she finds herself indebted to a terrifying fae sorceress. Now Ray will not rest until she has rescued her fellow prisoners and freed her land from the darkness that has taken hold. To succeed, she'll need every ally she can find, including Bren, the thief who may have stolen her heart. But Bren is hiding his own bloody secrets, and the curses that encircle Ray have sunk their claws into her mind. With her debts coming due and time running short, all the truths in the world may not be enough to save her kingdom or herself. Dun, dun, dun. Whatever will we do? However, will we get through this? Well, to get through a hard plot, you need amazing characters, right? For sure. Okay, so the main people in this book is obviously Ray, who we met in the last book, who, if you guys don't remember, she was holding herself back by having putting her identity around her disability and she has finally i feel like conquered that mindset and then we open the book where um she's been captured and she has to escape and conquer the world um and then we have Bryn, who is a lovable sneaky little thief and he obviously really likes Ray, and Ray probably really likes him, but they can't admit their feelings. Can't have that. How dare they do that? Um, we had the face Sorceress, and if you read Thorn, you know all about this lady. So, she's kind of like not a protagonist, but not an antagonist, but like this neutral, not even neutral third party, this scary third party that I would not want to deal with. So, but she's important to the plot. Yeah, she's like, she's, she's so, so weird. weird. Like, her I don't, I don't even know what else to say about her. But 100 would not want to meet her um, in the dark alley. Oh no. <laughs> we have Garin, who is Prince Person's only cousin and next in line for the throne after him. All right, we have Major Healer, a kind mage in a town along the way. We have Naya, Ray's older sister, who actually is a secret magic user. Dun, dun, dun. Um, and then we have Artemane, um, Brand's right-hand man. So there are a few other reoccurring characters in the book. Obviously, we have the princess, and we have the prince, and we have the king. But they play, in this novel, I feel they're very, they're important but minor characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're not the main central focus of the book anymore. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like, all of the characters that we met in previous books, like, they come back into play, but most of the rest of them just aren't prominent this time around. No. So you don't have to worry. Like, we see Bean, who is, of course, Naya and Ray's um, little sister. Their parents manifest. Um, the cousin Mel manifests. Cousin... Varian? Is that his name? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Hold on. But yeah. <laughs> um, are you talking about Philodon? I don't know. You know, the one that's married to Mel. Yeah, that's Philodon. Well, see, I was close enough on the name on that one. But yeah, <laughs> so a lot of these characters are all minor because we're really focusing on Ray and she's away from the capital and kind of on this crazy journey which we want to talk about in depth. So we're going to take a break and we'll come back in a minute. All right. We'll talk to you guys in a minute. 
These days, more authors are including mental health content in their books. But do you ever wonder how accurate some of this stuff is? Or do you ever read something where you know the author just gets it? I'm Elise. And I'm Priscilla. And we are Novel Feelings, a podcast where we discuss mental health issues in fiction novels. We are psychologists and book lovers, and we have a lot of opinions. So look for Novel Feelings wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your show. All right, welcome back. And remember, this half is spoilers. So if you have not read A Darkness at the Door, we highly recommend you stop and you go read all three of these books because we are going to spoil stuff and you don't want this spoiled because this is a really good book. It is. All right, let us start with favorite characters. Oh, man. So I'll just jump right on in. I love Ray as a main character. Mm-hmm. I love Bryn. I love Naya. I love Artemian. All four of them, hands down, amazing cat. I love the strength that Ray brings um, and how she just like, oh no, she finds herself. This whole journey in these books are about finding herself and finding who she is and conquering her own mental block to be the strong, amazing woman. And then there's Bryn, who I on. he's like a 20 something year old mm-hmm. leading a band of thieves but he's like a robin hood figure he's like he's a very romanticized um thief even though he tells ray over and over again hey you know i do bad things you know to make a point i don't know i kind of agree with him like you have to have a strong hand of justice and they have their own kind of justice versus the king's justice but you know Ray still accepts him and she's like ah we can make it work it'll be fine you know I just love it so much mm-hmm. and then I don't know one of my favorite scenes in the book is Naya coming in when Ray was being used as bait and she's like you're not gonna take my sister and kick some ass which I highly enjoy <laughs> and Obviously, I just really like, um, name is hard to say, Artiman. Like, he's like this older figure, right-hand man to Bryn. But, like, you know, you have all these children running around, and then you have the adult, your adult, kind of making sure the children don't kill themselves. That's kind of him, and I kind of vibe with that. (laughs) Yeah. um... He is. He is the adult, your adult. He's like, all right, my little babies, come here. Let's go be good little thieves, you know? <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, um, I mean, I agree on all fronts. I obviously love Ray. She is a fantastic main character. Um, I love watching her grow and, like, accept herself for who she is and realizing she can do more than she thought and just... <sighs> She's wonderful. I, I love these characters so much. And I do love Bren. I think the only reason we as the readers get to see him as a slightly more romanticized thief is because of it's from Ray's point of view and Ray's in love with him. And so she's very like gentle on her critiques. She's critiquing him. Don't get me wrong. But she's also being slightly more gentle than other people probably would be with like, oh, he's oh he's murdered a bunch of people instead of just stopping there she also goes mm-hmm. he probably did it for a good reason and he hasn't done any murdering recently like <laughs> you know 
<laughs> so like yeah he's romanticized a little but also i very much appreciate that they have the hard conversations about the morality of what he's done and what he is doing currently and just like making him stop and think and him actually being willing to listen to her and be like i mean you have a point <laughs> instead of just dismissing her and being like you don't know what you're talking about you're a country girl i really liked naya as well i i love that she came into play when she did with rescuing ray and everything that was really fun um and artemidian just like Man, I want to give that guy a hug. You know? I know. The adult your adult that's taking care of all the kids. Well, and I mean, you find Imagine, Abby, imagine. Okay? Think about it as your sister Jenny. Okay? We're going to say he's about her age. And she is taking care of, let's see, what's a good analogy? So she has to take care of smart, scheming children. I don't know. I can't even think about it. But that's all I can think of, like this 20-year gap. Mm -hmm. in this, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, you can go to other people. It's fine. Let's, let's go kick some butt. Okay, come on. Let's go hide you for a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. Just, this fatherly figure. Continue. Sorry. I'm just, I well, love him. And finding out his, about his past just, like, increases my, I just want this man to be happy. Can we please just let him be happy? Whatever right? form that takes for him, he needs to be happy at the end of this book. <laughs> um, the other character I actually really liked was the Fae Sorceress. Because I stopped and thought about it when I finished these books. And I thought about where she was throughout these three books. And I'm like, you know, the woman's got a point. I'm not saying she's right to be killing all of these people in vengeance. But she has a point. <laughs> You have to admit, she's killing corrupt royals because, you know, they, like, did a lot of bad things to her and she's just getting back at them. Like, I'm not, I'm not one for revenge, but if these books had been told from her point of view, I feel like we would have been very on board with her revenge arc, you know? Uh, yeah. Like... Again, not saying she's right, but um, if she was the MC, I'm definitely thinking I could have gotten behind whatever she was laying down. <laughs> and it just, I appreciate also that as Faye, she has very specific rules that she has to follow, but she's intelligent enough to get around them mm -hmm. while still like following the letter of the law kind of thing. I really liked her character. I appreciated, like, her background menace that was just kind of hanging around, you know? And I just, I really liked that aspect. Because, yeah, I mean, we don't like the slavers. We don't like Garen. We don't like all of the people connected to them. But also, I mean, if you're going to have some powerful fae come in because they have a grudge against Garen, I'm not going to stop her. Yeah, I mean, she's kind of scary. Yeah, but like, good scary. She follows rules scary. She's not chaotic evil. She's very law-abiding evil. Yeah, she definitely abides by her, her own law. I would say she's lawful neutral because she lives by her role. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I see that for sure. Terrifying, though. Oh, very. Very much so. So, the only character I really thought to dislike was Garen. Were there other characters? I mean, no. Well, I mean, like, the other thief lords, but they're acting exactly as they should. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess we can say we hate... Like, you can't... You you can't... I I guess we could say, like, we hate the Council of Mages, because they're all corrupt and horrible people. Because they, like... I mean, they're the ones running this shindig, so I guess I should say that I hate them, too. I don't know, man. Like, Council of Mages were awful because they were basically selling children for gems. Like, how evil can you get? Um, And Mm -hmm. so we got Council of Mages. We have Garin, who is selling his people. Screw him. We have the Black Scholar... And the other thief lord, which I mean, they're acting as they should. You can't really dislike people for acting according to their character. You know what I mean? Like Garin, I feel like he's a noble. He sh- his duty is to take care of people, so we should dislike him. The Council of Mages are just, yeah. So if I was going to rank who I dislike the most, Garin, Council of Mages, then the thief lord. Yeah. But I think they're all intertwined in this web of evil, so you kind of have to hate them all if you're hating one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I agree. All right. So what what were some of your favorite scenes then? Okay. It's terrible, but the scene where Ray is thrown over the boat and she is tied up and she's gonna die and you're just like well crap there goes the book at the beginning of the book you're like that's it goodbye main character but then she has her bone <laughs> knife and i freaking love that thing like love the bone knife mm-hmm. and she gets whisked out of the water dumped on the shore and then she gets to meet the fae and she's like mm. it has to make a binding with the fae to go kill you know garen and all sorts of this good stuff so that was one of my favorite scenes because you're like, well, that's the end of the book right there. I'm not going to lie. That actually I have listed as one of my least favorite scenes because I genuinely was so wrapped up in the story that I thought she was going to die right there at the beginning of the book. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like I was, I was convinced for a minute that she was actually going to die. <laughs> I was not happy about that. So I don't know. It was good. I'm sorry. Please continue. Oh... Let's see what else. So I love the end of the book. Wait. No, that's wrong. That's the wrong book. Never mind. The marriage happened on a different book. Oh, uh, I'm getting them mixed up. Shoot. Um, I love Ray's reflection on Bryn about can I love him? And she's thinking back of their times when they sat on the rooftop, the, the rooftop picnic, and she's like, Yep, nope. I love this boy. And you're just like, just Hold at your heartstrings. I just really mm-hmm. love their relationship. And I love I love that Bren got her mother's ring back to her, you know? Yeah. Even though it was delivered to her on his, on her finger and her finger was cut off, she got it back. Yeah, I mean, I liked that there was self-reflection there. It wasn't just, oh my gosh, he's so handsome, I love him. It was, yeah, okay, I think I love him, but like, can I live with what he's done like can i be okay with this overall like yeah yeah i mean that's a true yeah like that's a big deal can you live right exactly and like 
that's a real life thing. Like you have to consider that with any partner that you are with, like if there's things about them or their past that you can't handle and you can't live with long-term, then that's going to end the relationship one way or the other. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated that. Like that very, that felt so real. Everything about their relationship felt so real. I think of other favorite scenes. This is a very intense book. So we get from the boat, we get from the boat to the city. We get from the sit from the port city. She can't find. I hate that she never found her accountant friend. I hated that part. But I was. I'm not gonna lie. That was like my one sticking point about this book. I was like, what happened to her friend? Like they found her other friend's little sister, which is great. But like, what the hell happened to the accountant guys? What happened to the accountant, Mo? I don't know, but it's kind of killing me. I couldn't believe the book wrapped up and, like, that question wasn't answered. I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do with myself now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> oh, man. Like... I had I had a thought, but my thought left when you said like now now I'm now I'm mad about the accountant. But oh, I was really glad when she found her best friend's little sister. I was so worried about her too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was very glad that they did end up finding the little sister in the end. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed finding out about the blessing that the mages do, and how it was actually like killing the kids who escaped every time that the mages did it, even though the mages had no idea what they were doing. Like, that messed with my head. I was like, holy crap, can you imagine being one of those mages and finding all this out and realizing that you were killing innocent children? And there's literally no way for you to ever find out how many children that you killed. hmm Yeah. Oh. Like, that would mess with my head. No. Oh, I'm having feelings right now. I'm, you're giving me so many feelings right now because I want to go punch someone in the face. Oh my god. Like, that would mess with my head so badly. Man, I hope all these mages got therapy afterwards. You know? I know, right? Oh. 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 Abby, one of my favorite scenes was inside of the mages council and everything in the, in the um, plan went down perfectly. Oh, yes. Oh, it was so satisfying. Because you're talking about the kids being killed. I'm like, you know, but they had it coming and it was perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and I had this, like, the whole time I was like, something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. Something's going to go wrong. And then, like, everything went off perfectly. And I went, oh, yes. <laughs> this is what we needed. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was such a good scene. I know. Just like, well, and the justice was so poetic. Like, we're just going to take what you were doing to these children and do it to you. Have fun. Right. Like, oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, I really loved Bren rescuing Ray in the port town after she escaped from the slavers. Mostly because we'd gone up until then without any Bren in the book. And I was like, where's the dashing hero? I need Bren back, please. <laughs> I know. I just, I really, I love their dynamic so much. I was like, I need Bren back. Like, I love Ray, but I need Bren back too, because I need them both to be together. 
So that definitely made me very happy. I loved, I loved the sorceress finally getting Garen in the end. I mean, obviously, like with Ray's help, Ray had to speak her name and everything so that she ended up inside the palace. But I loved that the sorcerers came and Garen got his comeuppance too. Mm. That was a very also satisfactory scene. It made me so happy. Though I did find, I thought Ray's worry about what the sorcerers would do to Kestrin and Elyra kind of pointless, if that makes sense. Because like, Elyra already... Well, I guess Ray didn't know that Elyra already dealt with the sorceress and got Kestrin freed or off the hook or whatever. Mm-hmm. So since Ray didn't know that, I guess that makes sense. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Like for me as the reader, it was kind of unnecessary worry, but for Ray, I can see how it would be. Mm-hmm. And everything about the ending, everything about the ending was wonderful. Like Ray getting that house and taking all the kids in and... um Artemian being like the guy they put in charge of the house when they aren't there and the two of them planning to um, go rescue more children and like shut down the entire slave trade that was going on and (sighs) I really loved it I loved how they literally just sat down at the end of the book and talked about what they were going to do and agreed on their plans and made long-term plans like hey I don't want to have kids. And he's like, great. I didn't want to have kids either. I'm like, right. And they're like, that's okay. I was like, thank you for having that discussion. That was important. And I was like, good, healthy discussion. Well, because what? They they were going to be sea floors together. Were there any scenes that you did not like? Mm, The beginning of the book where Ray was like getting really sick from the cut on her finger, like she's starting to get blood poisoning, so I'm kind of freaking out on that point too. Um, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. She's had a really rough time with that cut off finger. Um, honestly, there wasn't a lot I didn't dislike in this book. I wasn't really worried about Naya, but I knew she'd be fine. I knew they would not let us down because too many other tragic things had happened. So mm-hmm. that's all I can think of. What about for you? I mean, the only thing I really didn't like was that scare I had at the beginning that Ray was going to die at the beginning of the book when she got thrown overboard. <laughs> well, because I completely forgot about the face sorceress. And so I was like, I'm sorry, this girl is tied up and being thrown overboard into a river. How are you going to magic her out of that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to use actual magic. Okay. <laughs> so I just, I didn't like that scare, but then she got saved. So I was good. Oh. All right, so what did you end up giving this book? Oh, five out of five. I loved it. I tore through it. I love this whole series. Um, I don't. I got it all from the library, and it's one of those on my things I need to buy. Like, I don't think I want physical copies. I think I want to have audiobooks like you, because um, I want to support the author, even, you know, like, I know I could borrow them from you. It's like, they're just so good. I need her to write some more of these stories, because it's so different, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. I would love, like, I don't even need it set in this particular world. I would just yeah. love her to write more like this. Mm-hmm. Because they were so good. Yeah, I, I gave it five stars, obviously. I would have given it ten if I was allowed to. It's just, it was so good. Um, I find that when I really, really love books, 
I own physical copies and audiobooks because those are the main two ways that I consume books. And so I will like I have all the pretty physical books on my shelves and like I can look at them and I can pet them and yep. you know be a weird bookworm like I am. You are a but also I can listen to them I can listen to them over and over and over again because I have the audiobooks. So like um finishing school series and the Mercy Thompson series and the Alpha and Omega series, I have all of those on audiobook. Mm-hmm. It's just how I've read them so many times because I just listen to them on repeat. And yeah, this is definitely going to be three more books for that category. Yeah. Is she one of your favorite authors now, you think? Oh, 100%. Like, unless I read the Sunbolt Chronicles, which is um, that duology she wrote between Thorn and Theft of Sunlight, unless I read that and just absolutely despise the books for some reason, she is most definitely one of my favorite authors now. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I can't imagine her writing books that I would absolutely hate. You know? Mm-mm. Like, even your favorite authors will occasionally write a book that you're like, eh, it was okay. Didn't love it, but it was okay. But that doesn't make you stop, like, loving that author. Because overall, they've written so many other books that you love that you're like, eh, whatever. We're human. We all, you know, have doozies. Yeah. Oh, such. And I mean, it's one of those books, too, where... I want to buy it and hand it to people. I want people to read Thorn, and then I want to go, wow. It's kind of like Cinder. So Cinder, for me, is one of those books I love to buy people. I'm like, have you read the Lunar Chronicles? And then I go like this. I go, oh, you haven't. And then I throw them the book, and I feel like Thorn is on the fantasy end of that for me, because Cinder is more, you know, sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cinder's definitely sci-fi. Um, If I had to pick a favorite fantasy fairy tale retelling, Thorn is it. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, you think so? I don't. I mean, I don't know. I love Cinder for fairy tale retelling. Yeah, but that would be sci-fi. Oh, you're right. You're right. Well, mm-hmm. no, Thorn is the perfect YA fairy tale retelling. Because I was starting to think about Spinning Silver and Uprooted, mm-hmm. which I highly enjoy too. That's true. Spinning. I love, love, love fairy tale retellings. They're my favorite kind of story. So, like, this for me was perfect. YA, a story that's uncommon because Goose Girl's uncommon. I love reading the uncommon stories set in a diverse world, written extremely well. The plot moved fast, and then it moved into this amazing duology, essentially, you know? Mm -hmm. Everything was perfect. The recipe, or the recipe, well, the recipe was made wonderfully i I love it i agree um well and the thing one of the things i appreciate about these three books is that i know we're not spicy people we don't appreciate a lot of spice in our books so like the less the better basically and i've noticed with a lot of ya a lot of authors seem to be pushing those bounds and I'm like, yeah, this is directed at teenagers, mm-hmm. but also, do you gotta? Like, I I wasn't interested in Spice when I was a teenager either. So, can we just not? Yeah. Wait, what book? What, what, what did you just say? Which one? I didn't specify one. I thought you did. Sorry, I think I cut out and I'm like, what book are you talking about? Okay, sorry. Oh, I was um, just saying in general, YA. 
Oh, yeah, seems to yeah. be pushing the bounds of spice in some directions, and it's like, mm, why? Yeah, I don't, when I don't need that. I don't care. You guys, if you want to have relations, I don't care, but I would like you to fade to black, and I don't need to know the details. I, and you can wake up in the room cuddling. That's great. I don't need to know the details. I don't care. Just kiss. Fall in love. Mm-hmm. Don't have too much drama. Don't pine after, I hate pining. I hate when people pine after one another. I might just get together or drop it. You need to make a decision because I can't handle this. <laughs> you and me both are on that same page. <laughs> Don't pine. Make a choice, guys. <laughs> but one of the things I love about these three books is that everything is handled so tastefully, like the whole way through. And nothing ever felt forced, nothing ever felt rushed relationship wise, either between Elira and Kestrin or between Ray and Bren. Like, these relationships were just so wholesome and so well fleshed out in general that it, it just it absolutely warmed my heart mm-hmm. to read about them. These are the kinds of couples that I like reading about. I loved all three of these. They're some of my new favorite books, and this is a new favorite mm-hmm. author for me for sure. I love it. All right, guys. So if you made it through, had you listened to the whole thing? Because you're like, great, sounds wonderful, guys. Just go do it. Go go buy all the books. Go listen to it. We cannot endorse these books even less than we've already been endorsing it, okay? All right, guys. Well, we will see you next time, and have a good one. Talk to you in a couple weeks, guys. Bye. Bye. If you liked what you heard today and want to help us spread the book love, drop us a rating or review on the app you use, or share the episode post on your preferred social media. Everything helps. You can also check out our Patreon for some awesome perks like access to our mini-series, a monthly guaranteed episode poll, and much more. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter under the name The Book Life Podcast. If you'd like to contact us directly, you can email us at thebooklifepodcast at gmail.com. The song is Theme for an Unmade Anime by C8 Benoit from their album Dominique. You can find them on Instagram at C underscore A underscore B-E-N-O-I-T. That's C-A Benoit. And on Spotify under their name, Katie Benoit. Thanks for listening. Till next time.